everybody. Welcome in. It's another edition of The Wrap. Tom Azaway, back home from Jersey, took over here. My boys uh, did a good job for me in my, in my stead. I appreciate it, guys. We got Stevie McDonald in the house. How are you, kid? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right, man. Ethan Perlman in the house. Doing good. You all right? College I am. football? Baseball? You all good with everything? I'm good with everything, and it makes it even better that today is International Left-Handers Day. That's right. Day. I got two lefties here. You do. I'm surrounded by left-handers, and uh, we got Ellington in the back of the house. I'm not sure if he's a lefty. David B., are you a lefty? He's not. Okay, so David B. is in the house as well. We're expecting a call from Ivan Mazel, who's been with ESPN.com, writing for college football for a long, long time, and of course, host of his own podcast, the Down and Distant Podcast on ESPN.com. We're talking college football with him. Lots to talk about. Obviously, we can go around uh, the leagues before we get to him. Major League Baseball, Tigers, well, they got the day off today. Why do they have the day off again, Ethan? Because St. Louis just can't get healthy. (laughs) St. Louis, another doubleheader postponed. This one we expected. But now I find out that this Friday they're supposed to play the White Sox. And that game is postponed as well. So how many games has the Cardinals played? Uh, They've only played a total of five games. Five games. And uh, they're hoping to get a doubleheader in on Saturday to restart their season. They haven't played since July 29th. But while I was away, you guys chatted about college football and obviously big changes. We thought the Power Five was all going to back out at one point. We all thought this. Clarence called it from months ago. But we also said the SEC is going to stick around and play. And by golly, they're sticking around. So's the Big 12. So's the ACC. But the Big 10 and Pac-12 have packed up for the season at least. And uh, for more on that, we want to go to our good friend from ESPN.com, Ivan Mazel, joins us here on The Wrap. How are you, Ivan? Hey, Tom. Doing great. Great to hear your voice. Uh, Ethan and Stevie are here as well. You put out a great story the other day about back in the day, the 1918 season, and, of course, our last pandemic. You have to go back that far, almost 100 year, over 100 years ago, and how some teams played, some teams did not. And just getting into this story it's amazing how some teams, and then, of course, this one kid on Texas, they go and play, and the kid winds up dying at the end of the season, which is it's just a mess right now, Ivan. Tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, it, uh, I think the lessons of 1918 seem relevant for today, Tom, yeah. uh, in the sense that some schools were able to play a full schedule, you know, uh, and some didn't play at all. I mean, if you look at the standings for 1918, there are teams that played nine games. There are teams that didn't play. They had the extra added issue of of the war, yep. what we now call World War One, and there was some consternation because President Wilson created a draft. And with that was such a drain on college campuses that they began something sort of like what ROTC is to allow male students to remain on campus. And, and football teams were made out of those. And uh, some teams had a lot of players. Some didn't have very many. It was just very ad hoc. And I think this fall, 2020, is going to be very ad hoc. No question. Were you very, were you surprised at all about the Big Ten and the Pac-12 deciding to not play in the fall and thing and they hope to play in the spring? Which I don't know how the heck they're going to do. 
I was not surprised, no. I mean, the, the I think it's very easy to come to that conclusion if you listen to the doctors. Uh, and it's very easy to... Yeah, I think what we're dealing with, Tom, is this is a regional... It's a regional sport. It's a regional virus. And I just don't think there is... People want to know why everybody's not doing the same thing. Well, it, not everybody's dealing with the same level of threat. So uh, it, it's it's going to, I think, the smartest thing to do is if you can play and if your doctors and the science, scientists tell you you can play, then, then try. But uh, people a lot smarter than, than I am who are looking at this and whatever they told the Big Ten and Pac-12 presidents, they didn't feel comfortable doing it. Ivan Mazel joins us, ESPN.com. Of course, he hosts his own podcast as well, the Down and Distance uh, podcast. And we're talking college football right now. Some teams are playing, some are not. Do you think the SEC, Big 12, ACC, I think Conference USA is going to play. Uh, there'll be a few others that are going to try to play some type of schedule. Do you think they make it through the entire season? Well, I think the, the odds are that not everybody will make it through for the you know for the very reasons we just discussed. I think the virus it's certainly likely that it's going to poke up somewhere on some college campus. Where I don't know if you know this, Tom, but people eighteen to twenty two year olds don't always do what's best for everybody else. <laughs> I do know that. I got three young ones uh, at home. Yes, it's, it's shocking to figure that out, but yes. uh, I think there's a great possibility that we are going to have flare-ups and on more than one college campus. I, you know, I was looking at the baseball standings this morning, <laughs> and some teams have played 19 games, and the Cardinals have played five. I know. So if it can happen in Major League Baseball, it's certainly going to happen in college football. And, you know, they want to play a doubleheader. They canceled tomorrow's doubleheader. We were supposed to play the Tigers today, the Cardinals. Now they canceled tomorrow's against the White Sox. They're hoping to play for the first time since July 29th. They're going to hopefully play a doubleheader on Saturday. But if St. Louis can't, I don't know how the heck they're going to wind up catching up uh, in baseball at all. I'm not sure how this season's going to wind up. But I'm glad there's something on, and I hope everyone stays yeah. healthy. That's That's the way I'm looking at this whole thing. Well, me too. And look, if they do it, if, if Major League Baseball chooses its champions the way that college football did during the 1918 pandemic, the Cardinals could win everything because, as I pointed out in the story, Purdue, which went 1-0 and in the Big Ten Conference that year <laughs> and only played six games, is considered a co-champion. Amazing. So, you know, that, it could happen. Ivan, Ethan here. Um Knowing that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have canceled their seasons because of the information they were provided medically, and you did bring up that COVID and you know college football is a regional thing. What what is it that, or what's the different information that the SEC and the ACC must be getting, and the Big Twelve, and the Big Twelve, um, when it comes to the medical side? Because there are states right now within those regions that are hotbeds for COVID. Um, to where they're saying it shouldn't be an issue to play through the season. You know, Ethan, I think what it is is, you know, what, what level of, of threat are you comfortable with? And uh, clearly the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were 
we're not very comfortable with any. And I think there is, you can call it pragmatism, you can call it this is way too important to our way of life. But for some reason, what the uh, what those three conferences are hearing has not forced them to make a decision yet. And I think yet is a very important word there. Because one thing I, I do admire, certainly about Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, is he doesn't have to make a decision yet. So why should he? You know, they push back the start of their games to September 26th. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, what, seven weeks away. So uh, there has been a postponement, and they will just keep monitoring and seeing what happens. You know, the Pac-12 moved it back to September 26th and then decided it wasn't worth it anyway. So it's all in, in what you can live with. But I don't think we should mistake what the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 have said to date as if it's a final decision that they're going to play. They still think they can play, and we'll see what happens. And let's keep it right here on the Big Ten for a second. Nebraska, of course, was one of the teams that wanted to play. So did Iowa. But Nebraska, you know, Scott Frost said, hey, we'll go play anybody. But, of course, they have to talk to the boss first. And the Big Ten said, hey, you're not going anywhere. I mean, what would you think of the Nebraska situation? I thought that if Jim Delaney were still commissioner, then you know, <laughs> Scott Frost would, you know, he he would have shut up very quickly. Uh, I think, you know, nobody uh, has more passion for college football than a Nebraska fan, and Scott Frost is a Nebraska born and bred guy why he went home to take that job and i think he was speaking emotionally sure which he is wont to do uh, i don't understand why his chancellor and president and athletic director then followed suit except that i think that's probably what their constituents wanted to hear you know in the in the cold light of day i can't imagine how much money it would take for nebraska to pay the big 10 to leave the conference and I can't imagine why they would go play somewhere else if the money that was generated was going to the conference and not to Nebraska. Uh, so it, it just didn't make sense on a lot of levels uh, unless you look at it emotionally. We have a friend in town uh, that writes for the Detroit News, Angelique Shangelis. I'm sure you're, you're, yeah. you've read her stories before. She came out with something today that how about Michigan and Ohio State playing each other in a pay-per-view game? What'd you, th- what'd you think of that? <laughs> uh, you know, if if they could figure out how to do it, uh, I'd pay to see it. But, uh, you know, I think uh, it's just not feasible. You know, we're all, everybody's talking in emotion. You know, I'm curious to see that the New York Times had an interesting story today that Ohio State fans, May, or may take out their anger against the president during the election, which uh, I have no idea whether that's true or not. But you know, they're angry at somebody, and 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 that wrath is going to to descend somewhere. Right. Uh, and it will just be interesting to see what happens. The president was on their side. They want he wants college football to play. So I don't see uh, blaming him is not not the answer here at this point. 
No, but I think it spoke more to just the you know there hasn't been much of a national response to the virus, and and you know that 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 blame starts in Washington. Ivan, Stephen MacDonald here. Um, just looking over your article here, just real quick, I want to bring this kind of back to a national perspective here on college football. Uh, you mentioned in the later part of your article that a team like BYU, who remaining on their schedule from what's left, have Navy, Houston, and North Alabama, who's an FCS school on their schedule. Realistically, you say they could go 3-0, and and a team like Army, who can go 2-0, and can both make it to the college football playoff in January. Um <laughs> With the fact that not everybody, with the fact that not everybody is going to be playing this fall, as we now know, not every conference is going to play. Not every independent team is going to play. Is it really worth having a college football playoff at this point in time, given the fact that not every team is going to be represented the way they normally would? Uh, well, Stephen, I'm not sure the word realistically appeared there, but uh, <laughs> be that as it may. And, and breaking news today, BYU did add a fourth game. They oh, have good. made a deal to play Troy this year. Excellent. So they will have two opponents from the state of Alabama. Um, uh, you know, Bill Hancock has been very uh, wait and see about what the playoff will do. And... Uh, I don't know, you know, obviously, uh, I don't know how you determine a champion when half the teams are playing in one part of the year and half in the other, and and nobody's playing an equal number of teams. You know, originally Bill said, we appoint a selection committee and we, we will trust their judgment, and, you know, they'll pick who they think are the four best teams no matter what happens. But it's a little different situation now. Uh, you know, do, do you wait and try to play them in the spring, and maybe you can have fans then? You know, who knows? I mean, you know, can you get the hotel rooms by then? You know, if if you're going to extrapolate it all the way out, I mean, I, it, it's a crazy consequence, and uh, probably. I think we lost Mr. Mazel. Call drop. So. We thank him for coming on, but uh, obviously he said it's realistic is not in that in that sentence. And I was going to ask him about maybe having a college football commissioner, and uh, eventually, I don't know what the heck. I mean, the Power Five, Clarence has always said they're going to wind up breaking away, doing their own thing anyway, and the NCAA will be for the smaller schools. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? I mean, it, it definitely is one way that they could go, but another way that we've talked about, Maz was uh, the XFL, with it now being rebought by um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, why, you know, if I'm for more or less, kind of like what they're doing with college basketball, where you have the G League, you have the NCAA, you have playing overseas. I think, you know, these, these, uh, these athletes that are, you know, freshmen, sophomores at college football that are nationwide you know they're going to be slam dunk first round draft picks after their second year because you have to either be 21 or completed three years of college i think after their second year if they want to go play a year in the xfl and then be eligible for the draft i think that should be the way to go Hmm. so i think this could be a perfect year to say okay big 10 pac-12 mac whoever's season has been canceled we'll pay you a salary come play for us for a year 
and then you're also hopefully raising your draft stock since you're not able to play right now. So you're saying that in that case, the alternative to them going to a different conference like the Big 12 or SEC and playing there, you're just saying let them go pro because they're going to end up going there anyway at some point in time, whether it's next year or the year after. So just kind of jump-starting them on that path. Yeah, and I mean, I think it'd be interesting to see, like, for a guy like Trevor Lawrence, yeah, he's playing at Clemson, he's playing in a great system, but what if you wanted that year of, okay, I want to be playing against former professionals or guys that are going to be on my level every week of an NFL season, I mean, I think it's I think it would be better. I mean, there are SEC or ACC is a not a great conference. I'm like, surprised Trevor Lawrence even will play with Clemson this season. Well, I he, really he wants that extra ring, Maz. Come on, this man. will be the. He's, I, I'm he's sorry, he's going to be the number one pick. He, you know, he, Bill Belichick is going to somehow trade up and get that number one <laughs> pick, and he's going to be a New England Patriot. Why but, would he uh, play this season? But I think, Ethan, going back to your point about how he'll get to face kind of that former kind of borderline NFL talent and everything, I think it's not even just the talent itself. I think that a lot of the coaches, it seemed like from this past year that the XFL was around, a lot of those coaches were some former high-level college football NFL kind of coaches. So I think that not even just facing that kind of competition, but also having that level of coaching there, too, would help him a lot, too. Yeah, and I mean... It's a thought. Yeah, there, and I mean, there are some schools where you can definitely say, like, having a coach in the XFL will be better than the coach you have in college. I don't know so much with his case because Dabo Sweeney's a, a, a great a coach. coach. Nick Saban's a great coach. Of like, course. there are He's those the coaches that could be coaching in the NFL, but prefer not to, I guess. Well, the XFL is uh, is out there for me. That's a big thing out there, and I'm I'm glad. They revived the name, I guess, at least. I mean, he paid, what, what did he pay, $15 million? Uh, it was something like it that, It was nothing. Yeah. I mean, he paid... Not, nothing for him. That's definitely something for well, yeah, us of course. everyday people. Though. But to think, to think he, but what does he get for that for that money? And I'm just wondering what he's got up his sleeve, and I, and I know he does have something up his sleeve. I mean... You would I, hope so. I hope so. I, I mean, I watched him on Ballers on HBO. I know he knows how to run a league on, on television, at least, so we'll see how that shakes up, but... The SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC, now Notre Dame is now part of the ACC, at least this season. So there are going to be football. two good teams in the ACC this year versus just one. <laughs> so Clemson and Notre Dame for all the marbles for the ACC title game, right? I mean, it has to be. Yeah. If it's not, then it's going to be really disappointing. Now, who's who's pretty good besides Alabama right now? Who is really going to be an SEC combatant? Florida I still have Georgia. to. St- were they oh, on the? Were they on the ups? Were they? Were they coming up? I mean, Florida. Jo- I'd say so with uh, Mullins as their head coach. Yeah, and I would say Georgia too. They brought in two great uh, back. Well, not backup quarterbacks. One of them will be a starter. One of them will be a backup. But two uh, transfer quarterbacks, uh, Jamie Newman, who I'm hoping wins the job. But it will be interesting to see. I think Georgia definitely has probably the the best chance to challenge Alabama. And who knows, LSU could have another Joe Burrow just come out of nowhere. Yeah, well, they were the champs, right? They were. They were the champs. No one's even talking about them. And I just, I, I was taken aback the way uh, Nebraska and Scott Frost, but you heard Ivan Mazel. That came from the heart. I mean, they want to play football. And you know what? As a Big Ten guy, I wouldn't mind. If they want to go play, I, if I was the commissioner, I'd say, go ahead, play. I don't care. Yeah. Go ahead and play. I mean, and whatever money you make is is coming to the to the conference, but yeah, and I mean, going to make much. But there are com- there are other teams in the conference that 
even though the conference itself shut down, you know, there are other teams like Michigan, Ohio State. There are teams that still want to play. And I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Ryan Day, when they were talking about the spring football season, he had a couple suggestions. One started in January so that these players that want to go to the draft, they can get some on-field exposure for these scouts. And two, allow the 2020 recruits that can do early enrollment be able to come to campus, play in the spring season, and then in the fall, but only count it as one year of eligibility. Yeah, I don't think the eligibility would be a problem, to be honest. I don't with you. think it would either because it's, you know, it's going to eventually equal a full season regardless, but I think the the interesting fact of, you know, recruiting right now is so it's on hold in a sense. And these schools that unfortunately were part of the Big 12, Big 10 and the Pac-12, they're going to hurt now because when it comes to recruiting and game day visits, that ain't going to happen for a Pac-12 or a Big 10 school. So these these schools that are going after still some of these top guys, if you have a guy going back and forth between, let's say, Michigan and Oklahoma, well, he can't visit Michigan now for a game day visit, but he can sure visit Oklahoma. Yeah. Which or, way is it going to go? Is that going to make a difference when it comes to the final decision? Or to your point about the um, game day visits and things like that, another big one is right here in Michigan with Donovan Edwards choosing between a school like Michigan or Alabama. Michigan's obviously not playing, like you said, but down in the SEC. Alabama, mm-hmm. at least for right now, Alabama is, so he can go visit there if he wants, but obviously he can't say the same about Michigan. Now, spring football. And, you know, I was a fan of spring football when the USFL was around. You guys weren't born yet. <laughs> but it, to me, it worked. Mm-hmm. It worked. But how will it work in college? Because when you're done with that, fall is the fall season starts. So what are you doing, playing back-to-back seasons? I mean, you're playing, you're playing your spring season, you're getting a month off, and then you're right back in. Yeah. I mean, they would have to, I think, shave down the season, obviously, in the spring, right? I mean, I think the spring at no more than, I think, something Ryan Day said was like, a six-game season, and then you're right into the postseason. Or even Jeff Brom at Purdue, I think it was either yesterday yeah, he or came this up morning. With he came out with uh, two uh, schedule ideas for where they play eight games mm-hmm. rather than the traditional 12. So we'll see how it all shakes out. I mean, spring football, we'll see. Nebraska, you got to wait. <laughs> you're not playing yet. The SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC with Notre Dame will play football. So will Conference USA. Big Ten, Pac-12, the MAC, Mountain West, and probably a few others have decided to cancel the season. And uh, I read something today with Paul Feinbaum, and he said not only does this, does this affect, obviously, college football and how, how we watch it, but he thinks the besides COVID affecting these players and their families, mm-hmm. he thinks this is not good mentally for these players because – here they are, ready to play football. It's their passion. That's why they're going to school. Mm-hmm. And now they can't play. So you guys are young. You're a lacrosse guy. They took your season away from you. How does it feel? I mean, I think for me it's more just like you said with the mindset that you kind of have a timetable of how everything goes, where you go into training camp, you do conditioning and different things like that, and you're gearing up for a season. Well, now that whole timeline gets completely interrupted, and you now move it to the spring. and I think for the athletes and the coaches, now you're just kind of sitting around saying, well, we, we've been practicing all summer, we've been doing the conditioning and things like that, and now 
we just have to kind of sit around and wait and see what happens next. And I think that not even just from a sports standpoint, but just from a general sense that that's kind of what we've all been doing since about late March is we've all just kind of been sitting around thinking what's going to happen next. And for you, uh, would you pay to see Ohio State against Michigan? Yeah, I, I, I would pay the whatever. How much would you pay? At, at most, I'd probably say twenty bucks. That's it. I would. I, I'd go I mean, that. I would pay twenty bucks to see Michigan get their butts kicked by the Buckeyes. What if it was a hundred dollars? I would let somebody else buy it, and no, I would just go watch right it now, with them. You would pay if it was a thousand dollars. That's that's what I'm saying. You, you would find you would find somebody that had that game just to watch. I mean, that I would game. find somebody that already paid one thousand dollars, and I just go watch it with them. I don't think I'd pay myself a thousand bucks though. Now, honestly, do you think? In hindsight, here, not hindsight, looking ahead, mm-hmm. do you think Michigan actually had a shot this year to beat Ohio State? No, 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 no. And we talked about it. I forget if it was Tuesday or last yeah, Thursday yeah. show, but <laughs> one of the shows we talked about the only way that Michigan realistically would have had a chance is if Justin Fields opted out. Exactly. Who's the backup for Justin Fields? Oh, well, you got two freshmen. Okay, so both they, both four or five star recruits, know, but, but you got two. Freshmen. But they would have had a shot then. Michigan yeah. would have had a shot without I mean, Fields, you're they saying. They would have, because they would have also had more or less weeks to prepare for that game. Yeah. Thanks to Ivan Mazel for joining us, ESPN.com. Sorry that got cut short. You should check him out on uh, Twitter. Check him out uh, at Ivan Mazel. Lots of followers. He's got great stuff on college football. Thanks to David B. and Ellington behind the glass. Ethan and Stevie Mack will do this again, all right? Yep. Thanks for listening, guys, to The Wrap with Maz at the Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios here on NRM Detroit. Back with more.